This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Good morning. I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, friend of the show, Woodbine Entertainment's Michael Copeland, who was recently named President Commercial Officer as part of their management team, will lead revenue and brand-driving functions, including horse racing, wagering technology, marketing, broadcast, customer experience, and events. Prior to joining Woodbine, Michael ran his own consulting company in the sports and entertainment sector and previously was president and CEO of the Toronto Argonauts as well as president and COO of the Canadian Football League. Shortly, Michael will join us today on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, and we will talk about what the new year could bring to the Woodbine facility. Also, a friend of the show trainer Mark Cassie is still enjoying the win last weekend by a horse by the name of Wonderwheel, who was the winner of the grade one $2 million NetJets Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies at Keeneland. Mark who was touting this filly during the summer to anyone that would listen, joins us today to not only talk about the impressive victory by Wonderwheel, and everyone knows it was impressive, but also he will look back at the 2022 season and look ahead to what he most is looking forward to next year. In addition, well, Sophia Vivas joins us today, and the young apprentice jockey had an auspicious start to her career with three wins and three seconds from her first eight mount. Sophia is a 20-year-old native of Ocala, Florida, and has been riding for friend of the show trainer Mark Cassie, Woodbine's leading trainer and credits, as she says, an awesome agent in Jordan Miller, who also represents Woodbine's leading jockey. Shortly, we will speak with Sophia and find out what her plans are for the future and what they include. And finally, while he's back, co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gyms at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks that are racing today with their ponies picks today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. This is Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine 
covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, friend to all in the horse racing world, Larry Simpson. Larry, Hello. how are you? I'm good. How about you? Well, not as good as Flightline, no. the Breeders' Cup. And I want to read this line from Especially the- Especially New- the owners of Flightline. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. This is what um, the New York Post said about jockey Flavian Pratt as he rode Flightline to victory. Flavian could have rode that horse side saddle, eating a pizza, <laughs> and stopped for directions and still won by five lengths. <laughs> yeah. That's not inaccurate, is it? You no, know, it isn't. And, you know, it was kind of, <laughs> it was a, it was kind of a, you know, a sad day in once because, you know, you were seeing a possible secretariat type legend here. Yes. Yeah. But. He's been shut down now. He's he's gone to stud because it's just too you know it's too expensive to race these horses. Two hundred grand to start. Yeah, I you know. can see why the owners did that, Larry. Yeah, yeah, I know, and it's uh, and that's that's the thing with that's how racing has changed now is they're populating the sport by making these horses stallions, and so they can bring further champions. But you know, there's there's two sides of the story. Some people like to watch horses race as four year olds, and you know, and. Uh, um, there's been some good aged horses perform in the past. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, it was kind of a bittersweet performance because like when I watched it, I, the first thing that came to mind was Secretariat. It, it was that dominant of the victory. It was that dominant. Yeah. Like it was, uh, like they're right. He could have been uh, <laughs> eating pizza. Know, <laughs> yeah. Not even hanging on. Really, you know? <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was quite an impressive performance and, uh, I'll tell you, so was the, they just put the numbers out, released the numbers for the uh, the total sources, uh, common pool wagering. What handled. is it? Well, the global handle for the two days of the Breeders' Cup was 189 million. What? Um, and then it's 060373. Yeah, that's, a, that's a, yeah, 100, over 189 million, which was a record for the two day meet, obviously. The total common pool handle on Saturday's 12-race card at Keeneland was a record $122,918,607. The on-track handle for the two days was $28,326,478. This was good, though. The two-day attendance at Keeneland was just over 85000 so that shows that uh, racing is, yeah. is, is back, you could say. And this sets up nicely for uh, Santa Anita in 2023 because that's where they're going with the uh, Breeders' Cup. And, Larry, this is why, and we'll talk more a little bit later on the show, Michael Copeland, in a moment. But horse racing is a global sport. And with the technology at your fingertips, I could be anywhere in the world and watch a Keeneland, watch a Woodbine, watch a Santa Anita, Mm -hmm. watch, you name the track, Gulfstream. I'm watching it. And betting on it. Well, that's that's the days of uh, where simulcast started, right? You, yeah. You know, we thought it was great at the beginning when you could go up to Woodbine and you could bet uh, Mohawk or you could bet maybe one other track. And then they started bringing other tracks in. And now you've got, you know, you can bring, like Woodbine's got uh, Japan. They got. Uh, well, Ireland um, and England, right? Ireland, England. Um, France is in play too, right? That's right. Yeah. 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 So, so it's uh, impressive to see. It was not a great day for the Canadian horses, but as you just outlined, with that kind of money, mm-hmm. it was a great day for <clears throat> horse racing as a sport, as an industry going ahead to next year in 2023 when that kind of handle is being wagered. Well, I think it, it shows that the sport is, is kind of being revitalized 
revitalized, I yes, guess you would say. Um, no, absolutely. Yeah. And um, get, just getting back to your point about the Canadian horses, um, Moira really raced, I thought, very well. She had the 12-hole. She was wide throughout. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, um, she was closing in the stretch. And it took a tr- basically, a, 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 I think it was a stakes race time track record to beat her. And she was only beaten about three lengths for that. So uh, um, she'll be back next oh, year, yeah. I'm sure. No, no, and, I'm not uh, taking anything yeah. away from oh, her. No, no, no. I just I think, think she had just, high hopes, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, well, I think if she had maybe started inside, uh, Frankie DeTore would have had a lot more options to yeah. him. But uh, he was kind of forced wide uh, on a couple of the, the turns and that. And, and um, that takes, you know, these other horses that are skimming in on the inside, they're saving a lot of ground, right? So. Uh, you wanted to say something real quick about the uh, Standard Bridge Yearling Sale in Harrisburg, PA, before we get to Michael Copeland? Uh, yeah, there were some record numbers at, uh, at the, the Harrisburg Sale, and uh, there was, it was interesting that there was a lot of uh, Canadian purchases down there, too. So uh, that bodes well for uh, racing here next year at uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park and some of the other tracks, because uh, these horses will be two-year-olds and um, you know so that that bodes well and bodes well for the stakes races and that as always pleased to be joined again by friend of the show michael copeland recently named president commercial officer woodbine entertainment's management team and with all the construction going on to the rexdale property who better to talk to about the future woodbine than michael copeland himself michael's always welcome to the show thank you it's uh it's great to talk to you guys well, I mean, people that drive by Woodbine or anywhere or Rexdale, it's impossible not to see the construction towers and all the, the beehive of activity going on. Just give the listeners an update of some of the latest things that are happening at Woodbine. Yeah, so, I mean, there is a lot going on, that's for sure. And um, the, uh, the casino on the property is being redeveloped into, you know, a major... Uh, state-of-the-art casino will be one of the biggest and best in, in North America, and it's uh, you know go, going to come online at some point over the next few months. The casino um, is working towards the deadline and trying to get that uh, uh, up and running. Uh, in addition, there's a 5,000-seat uh, um, concert hall that's being built uh, with plans for retail and other amenities on the property. So it really is going to be an amazing uh entertainment district and and having it connected to uh the woodbine racetrack grandstand um i think it's really going to be great for uh for racing and and bringing more fans in and and showcasing all the great racing we have on the site now would this be completed by the end of the calendar year are we looking early 2023 well i'm not sure i mean technically that the the, all of the construction is, is being done by uh the owners of the casino um uh, which is uh, independent from Woodbine. So uh, the, the casino owners lease the the property from Woodbine. So they're they are determining the development plans and the schedule. They they keep us up to date because we are um, you know work alongside them very very closely on everything, and, and we provide many of the services inside the casino, including the food and beverage operations. So we're uh, sort of arm in arm on this, but they're really running the schedule. And, and our latest is they're trying to get it open as soon as possible, whether that's by the end of the calendar year or early in the new year. I think uh, it's still to be determined. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I know re- uh, recently, Michael, you were named uh, to a new position, President Commercial of Woodbine Entertainment. Talk a little bit about that, uh, your new role. Yeah, it's, it's really just uh, an extension of 
of the role that I was you know, previously um, employed in. And it, it, you know, generally it's just covered all the ways that we can generate revenue and build the brand of racing. Um, so uh, it would include all of our wagering operations, uh, our partnerships, uh, marketing, um, and new business development as we look to innovate and grow. Um, there's so much opportunity to expand racing and bring it into new areas, including sports betting and, and um, you know, that how that's going to open up a whole new demographic for us. So it's leading that. And in addition to that, I also lead the, the racing operations on both the thoroughbred and standard bred side. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice, broad portfolio, and it's a, it's a real privilege to, to have that uh, confidence and responsibility as we chart a new path for uh, Woodburn. I think one of the exciting things to me, if I was in your shoes, Michael, would be the whole idea of wagering technology, which seems to be advancing and growing at lightning speed. I mean, it, the future is exciting and almost thrilling at the same time, thinking how wagering technology is advancing so rapidly. Yeah, I mean, Woodbine's always been a leader in technology, you know, operating our HPI bet um, system where, you know, players can make our uh, online wagers, and we've had that up and running for for a number of years, and have been very successful in that regard. So the the extension into uh, sports betting uh, and having other sports that can participate in single event sports wagering is a nice complement, and we think that we're going to be uh, a real strong player in that space in in coordination with the uh, the online sports books that are now coming into the market. So you know when we're part of the total sports betting ecosystem and our the horse racing product is side by side with all of the other major sports we think it's really going to create some amazing exposure and and get us into the uh um you know the 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 hearts and minds of a whole new um fan base uh and and that's only going to help us grow Maybe for our listeners, uh, Michael, you could kind of uh, bring us up to speed and and that on the the sports betting uh, project, I guess you you would call it, that it's still in the works, and how one it's going to work, how it's you know how if somebody wants to bet horse racing through their sports bet app, how that's planned to to work, and what state we're at with that. Right. Sure. So um, when single event sports wagering was legalized. Canada, um, it was left to the provinces to determine how they were going to operate it within their respective provinces. So in the province of Ontario, um, single event sports wagering uh, licenses uh, were granted to um, operators that met certain criteria. So many of the the major global operators um, uh, made applications and are now operating sports books in the province. The one very important uh, condition on all of this was horse racing was exempted uh, or kept out of uh, the single event sports that those sports bricks are able to offer. And the reason uh, that was done was to protect the racing industry to make sure that um, uh, Woodbine, uh, as the holder of the license, um, was able to continue to generate the revenue uh, and 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 funnel that revenue back into the industry to support the breeders and owners and trainers and all of the support staff that work within it. So the, the, the concern at the time was you didn't want the, the you know, foreign sports books to be generating all the profit and not putting that money back into 
uh, Ontario Racing, which is the the sole mandate of Woodbine. Woodbine is a not for profit, um, and we put all of our profits back into the industry. So what we're doing now is um, developing uh, a plan to provide those sports with racing content. Um, uh, so to a consumer or a player, it will look seamless. You'll just as you pull up an NBA or NHL or NFL. A tab. You will also have access to a horse racing tab, so it looks seamless to you. But in the back end, it's all running through the Woodbine systems, and, and the profits are are coming back to uh, to Woodbine, um, and we're able to continue to support the industry. So we're just working on ironing out some of the technical details. It's surprisingly complicated to uh, to actually just integrate um, the, the content and. But we're uh, in the very, very last stages of doing that, and we're hopeful that uh, we're going to have racing on all of the sports books, uh, you know, hopefully by the end of the calendar year, but if not, then very soon into the new year. So just uh, I, as I understand it, what you're explaining, Michael, is I, I bet $4, $2 on a horse race, $2 on a hockey game. The profits of the $2 goes to Woodbine, whereas the $2 would go to the sports website for the hockey? Correct, and and you know we would do a we would do a commercial deal with the sportsbook, so there would be some compensation that that we would um, provide to them for entering into this arrangement with us. But certainly, uh, it would allow us to um, to uh, be you know make some additional uh, revenue, uh, and uh, you know with the greatly expanded uh, customer bases that these sportsbooks would have, it's, it's a really exciting and major opportunity for us. Interesting. Yeah, have have they put any? Have you guys put any figures together of, of you know the possibility that uh, you know integrating horse racing with sports betting could, could happen or, or could could really yeah, create? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's still really early, but you know, it's material sums of money. Um, you, you know, we would expect that uh, the the consumer base, um, you know, the hard the the the, the core consumers, the the you know our players. Um, that really are deep into racing and racing information. Uh, our HPI bet system will continue to be the location uh, and platform of choice for those players because it's going to have very, very rich, detailed information that they want and that they're able to use. Um, the interface on the online sportsbooks is going to be simplified. It will have um, uh, useful information, uh, but it'll be geared towards the, the more casual player in the sports better. So we think that the transactions might be on average uh, smaller in terms of dollar amounts, uh, but the, the customer base is going to be far bigger. So um, we think it's going to be a, a meaningful addition of uh, revenue to, um, to Woodbine. Speaking with Michael Copeland, the president and commercial officer of Woodbine Entertainment's management team. And Michael has an extensive background in sports and entertainment management and consulting. And, and Michael, that's the one thing that Larry and I have noticed about horse racing over the last couple of years is certain sports have times and er- eras where they're hotter than others. But horse racing has been remarkably consistent. And we've noticed some huge handles of the last year and a half. So the appetite for the fan, the consumer, to us, seems like it's still there in droves. Yeah, I mean we're we've had a we've had a really good uh, season um, this year coming out of COVID and and you know when you would expect some softness where your product isn't available uh, we've come back strong you know we have uh, we're we're probably the most uh, widely distributed racing track in the world in terms of 
where uh, Woodbine Racing and, and Woodbine Mohawk Park Racing is distributed. Um, so, you know, a, a significant amount of our revenues um, comes from uh, players from around the world, and those markets are still very strong. And, uh, and we're finding also the Ontario market continues to be strong. So we're focused on putting, uh, you know, world-class product um, uh, on the track, uh, having competitive races. Um, and, uh, you know, with that, we're seeing a receptiveness to it. So that's why we're so hopeful that when we continue to bring this to new people in new ways, it's only going to grow further. But the, the base foundation uh, of the sport is, is strong, and, um, and we just can look continue to look to innovative and new ways to uh, increase the reach. And obviously your background is in sports management, especially in, on the football side. Uh, is there a difference in how you market a sport like football or a sport like horse racing? That's interesting. I mean, I think there's, there's differences with, with anything that you would market. And there's going to be small things that, that are particular to, to the, the you know, the product you're dealing with and the life cycle they're in and the state of development they're in. But, you know, the one really interesting parallel or consistency between racing and football is the actual sport um, is, is somewhat complicated to understand. And for the, for the average fan of each, um, there's, there's sort of a, a, a high-level knowledge that, that you can understand, you know, the flow of a football game and scoring and that nature – thing with racing, but when you get into the real details of what's affecting the sport and, um, you know, what contributes to, to success, and um, it, it can be very, very complicated. So I think the challenge has been to make it more accessible, um, to, uh, to bring people in, help them understand what's really happening. And once people understand it, they're, they're um, tied in and engaged uh, at much deeper level. So I think that's one consistency. Uh, I think it's also just... Uh, um, you know, the, the sports right now is so widely distributed. There's so much choice. Um, so it's just making sure that you're top of mind. And um, so that's, a, that's the same, I think, for any sport. But in, in a sport like CFL football in the city of Toronto, um, where the marketing budgets aren't as big as perhaps some of the other sports, uh, and, and racing, um, which, you know, historically hasn't been as mainstream over the last couple of decades, um, mm-hmm. You know, just finding your way through that just dearth of, of sports information and news uh, is a challenge, but one we're uh, definitely up for. Okay, Michael, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. We'll talk down the road. All the best. And Larry, he, I mean, I think what Woodbine's built is really special. Where they've come out of the pandemic is to be applauded. But when he talks about some of the things in the works, the casino, the 5,000-seat amphitheater, and the potential for the integration with sports betting websites, I mean, 2023 seems like it's going to be pretty exciting. Well, I think uh, the key here, Jim, is the fact that you're going to start seeing maybe more people coming to horse racing. Yes. Right? And uh, uh, So that, why wouldn't you go to, say, a concert at the amphitheater and just or the casino and just go over and see a couple races? That's right. And, and when it comes to the sports betting, like I, I'm a believer that when they integrate the horse racing into sports betting, that you're going to get a lot of people that are going to wander on to yes. the site, whatever the, 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 the site is, 
and they're going to say, "Gee, horse racing! I've, I've never bet horse racing," and they're and they're going to play it right. And and all of a sudden, you hope that they're hooked, right? If you if you sell the product to them properly, they, they should get hooked. And and what happens is, I mean, the, the, more likely than not, Larry, they will probably sample some of the big races, the big stakes races. The Rico Wood by Mile, the Queen's Plate, and some of the big races, and you'll, that's where they're like, "Oh, hey, I heard them. Hey, the, you know, Larry Simpson's got a horse coming up, and like, and check it out." Mm-hmm. And then, as you say, once they're into it, they're into it, and we're seeing the evidence of that throughout North America with the sports betting websites. How much money's being wagered? It's staggering. It is. It is. Yeah. So it's going to bode well. We'll look forward to that. When we come back, friend of the show, trainer Mark Cassie. Oh, he's had quite a year. He'll join us on Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ponies 24 7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059 The Region. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Friend of the show, trainer Mark Cassie joining us today. And last week's Mark's Wonder Wheel was victorious in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies and a winner of four to five starts. Mark, welcome back to the show. It's nice to have you on after such a great week. Well, thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. Let's talk about Wonder Wheel and how Wonder Wheel was able to pull off that victory. Yeah, you know, she, uh, I thought her... Her, her race was tremendous. Um, she she ended up getting in. Uh, she just didn't come away running early in the race, and it and it put her at a big disadvantage. But she showed how great she was, you know, being able to overcome a few obstacles and still win. And you were telling everybody that uh, this horse was or this filly was a really nice filly back in Saratoga, right? And uh, what was it about her? Well, you know, I thought her first two races were good, but it's what she did afterwards, just the way she trained, her attitude, uh, never got tired. Anytime you asked her to do anything, she would do it effortlessly. And so she just 
kind of showed me that she was extraordinary. Well, definitely in the finish, uh, I mean, laid it all on the line with a horse like that. How much is it you giving yourself credit as the trainer? How much is the jockey and how much is the horse itself to have a heart like that to want to finish that way she did? I'll give the horse 95%. <laughs> give Tyler 4% and me one. <laughs> <laughs> well said, Mark. Well said, Larry. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about your year-to-date, uh, Mark. How does it measure up to past uh, Mark Cassie uh, years? It's been a struggle. Um, you know, uh, we've had a decent year. I, I Going into the Breeders' Cup, um you know, it, it kind of had been a hit and miss. Um, obviously, the Breeders' Cup is such a big, big deal that um, I, I feel I, I'm much more satisfied with our season now than I was 10 days ago. <laughs> you know, that, to win a Breeders' Cup is just, it's, it's huge. You know, it's the Olympics, it's the Stanley Cup, it's the World Series for us. It's interesting, I think, to me and a lot of listeners hear you saying it's been a struggle in 2022 because, once again, you're one of the leading trainers at Woodbine. But I guess that speaks volumes to how difficult it is to win races at this level. You know, um, Woodbine has gotten much tougher. I think Woodbine has is, is continued to get stronger and better. It's definitely, uh, you know, considered top class in, in North America now and in the world. But it's not as easy, and um, I had some young. I had some horses that, in my my view, just didn't step up this year and and uh, do what I had hoped and, and anticipated. So that hurts a little. I, I was very. Uh, I was happy with our uh, representation in the Queen's Plate, and then obviously in the uh, Breeders Breeders Stakes, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been a struggle. Uh, we finished good. We finished well. Uh, we have a horse called Who's the Star now that's rattled off a few victories, and I still think we could. Uh, we I have some young fillies. Um, they may not be Wonderwill, but they're not far behind, and 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 they still have a shot to run another time at Woodbine. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I guess. Looking at uh, basically the your U.S. horses, and that you had some disappointment earlier in the year with basically the uh, the Kentucky Derby uh, trail in that, right? Right, Papa Cap. He um, he ran second last year in the Breeders' Cup, but just didn't you know didn't turn the corner and improve as a three year old. Uh, we have we gave him a break after his last start at Saratoga. He's back training now at our training center. I think he'll have a good four-year-old year, but you're correct. You know, I had high hopes for Papa Cat uh, heading down the Derby Trail, and that didn't work. And even this Breeders' Cup, we we normally have, you know, five to seven representatives, and we only had two. But uh, I told anybody that will listen, we may only have two, but we have a really <laughs> big shot with the wand, you know. How deep into the year do you start keep thinking about 2022 and what point do you shut it down for a little bit, reset and start thinking about next year, Mark? Well, it all just depends on, on what we're dealing with. I started shutting down my three-year-olds. I always do. 
when they have to start running against older horses, um, I usually shut them down. Um, our two-year-olds, uh, just depends how many starts we've had. When, you know, what, what we're trying to accomplish in 2023. So the two-year-olds, that's kind of a mixed bag. Um, so, but now like for Wonder Wheel and Web Slinger, both of them are going to have about 30 days off and then they'll be back getting ready. Uh, she's going to get ready. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to leave the Kentucky Derby out of the picture. I'm going to probably bring her back and look and see. We would bring her back against Phillies, but if she were to win impressively and continue to improve the way she has, um, we may, we may take a shot at the boys. Hmm. Larry. Yeah. That's actually, you must have been reading my script, Mark, because <laughs> that was my next question, <laughs> what the plans were, were were for her. I guess, you know, I, you've had some nice fillies during your training career. How does this filly rate against them? So, good question. Um, the fillies that I've had in the past, um, Philly like Teppen, um, got Stormy, they kind of got better as they got older. So at this point in time, she would be far superior than either one of those Phillies. Um, if you wanted to, if you wanted to put, you know, go against uh, a young horse that did a lot of running wonder, good um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think this Philly's much better than wonder good was. Um, I, I've said, I, I said to somebody today, you know, we, we had champion two-year-old Colt a few years back in classic empire. He won the breeders cup juvenile. If he had had the same situation put in, in, in his face as he would have not won the juvenile. So I just, um, I, I'm really excited about her. I've been doing this for a long time. There's not, I don't get a lot of wow moments where I like, whoa, what was that? Uh, her Breeders' Cup win was a wow moment. Hmm. Well, you have such an all-consuming job, and you're 24-7 all the time. Mark, do you like watch TV or movie? Or, is there a time where you just like unplug for a second to give your mind a break before you get back into thinking and planning and training these horses? <laughs> um, it's funny. So um, my wife will tell you, when we have a good day, you know, like we win a Breeders' Cup or we win some big races. I don't sleep that night <laughs> because I'm I'm thinking about, um, you know, what's next. <laughs> when we have a bad day, I will sleep and then wake up in the morning and think, okay, now what do I have to do different? What did I learn from yesterday? We always tell our son who plays baseball, um, when you win, you win. When you lose, you learn. Hmm. So you have to learn from from those defeats. And so, uh, to answer your question, uh, I play chess online. I like, I like it because you have to make one move every five days. Sometimes it gets where I get a warning that I haven't made a move (laughs) and I play about 30 games. I play about 30 games at a time (laughs) and it allows me, you know, at night, maybe before I go to bed, um, I'll, I'll play a few games, you know, just make, not games, make a few moves. A game usually, if you begin somebody, it'll take me three months 
sometimes hmm. to play. And then I do that. And then I was a golfer. I played golf um, 20 years ago. And, and our son, Colby, has started playing golf. So uh, I started uh, playing a little golf. And the way I do that is I like to fish, too. So we have a pond in our front yard, and I just put a putting green in my front yard. That way I can just walk out and do it because that's <laughs> that's that's really the only time I get time. I like your style, Mark. Larry? Yeah, I've always wanted to ask you this question, Mark, but if you weren't training horses, what do you think you would have been doing in your life? Fishing and golfing. Well, besides that. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Um, I probably would have been real estate, I think. Huh. Um I, when I believe in something, um, I, I think I'm a great salesperson. I have to believe in it. I couldn't do something that I didn't believe in, but I think maybe probably real estate would have been intriguing to me. Um, probably that's, I guess. Mark, I love it. Always a pleasure. Always love your insight. Congratulations to Wonder Wheel. Uh, all the best to the end of the calendar year, and we'll talk down the road. It's a pleasure, my friend. Sounds good, and anytime. Love talking with you guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Larry, I'm not surprised when he said chess, because when you think about what he does and the planning and thinking and shut this horse down, keep it going, what are we doing? It is a... Being a trainer at that level is like a giant chess match. Well, it's funny that he mentioned that. And I actually, if you recall, interviewed Mark for a magazine yes. last summer. And he did say that in the interview, and I'd forgotten all about that. And he did tell me about he used to, to relax. He'd go out to this fishing pond and cast the line a few times just to relax if he was having a bad day or that. So, uh, yeah, it, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. And uh, it's interesting that he'd go into real estate, too, if he wasn't well, training horses. But a successful <laughs> trainer, let's be honest, how often do they win a successful trainer in horse racing? Well, a good one is running, if you're hitting around um, 20% or so. 20%? You're, yeah, you're doing well. That means know? 80% of the time your horse is not winning. That's right. Yeah. And, and you, you know, you, I think you have to have those strategies in place to deal with it because— you deal with more failure for your horse than success, mm-hmm. and that's the good ones. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so. that's the amazing thing about Mark Cassie is, um, you know, as he said, mm-hmm. I, I want to couldn't sleep. Mm-hmm. And I totally get that at that level Yeah, because you're thinking, okay, Wonder Wheel, just one. What yeah. do I do? It can, it yeah. just, hey, you wouldn't be surprised to see a horse like Wonder Wheel in the Kentucky Derby, would it? No, no. And as I said, that that was one of the questions I wanted to ask him. And it was like he'd been, I'd send him the script beforehand or something because uh, he he mentioned that uh, I you know depending how she goes forward, and like he said, he's going to race her against the Phillies probably at the beginning. And, uh-huh. and if if she's impressive, like uh, why not? I mean, I mean, if you go back and see the replay, the stretch drive mm-hmm. of that win. Yep. Was, that that horse is legit, Larry. Yeah, yeah she was very impressive. Uh, so I mean, yeah. that's when you got a horse like that. That's where you're like, hmm, Kentucky Derby, 2023. I'll see you then. <laughs> After the break, when we come back. Woodbine we'll Apprentice Jockey Sophia Vivas will join us on Ponies 24/7, the Radio Magazine. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ponies 24/7, the Radio Magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? You need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. 
Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com slash horse dash ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 1059 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Apprentice jockey Sophia Vives joining us today. And Sophia's been riding, as you could say, like a house on fire during your introduction to riding at Woodbine and the Ocala, Florida native is hoping to continue this really good streak of race riding and winning at the Woodbine racing season winds down. Sophia, it's a pleasure to have you on. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. I, I know uh, with a win like Swinging Mandy, you put on your Instagram dreams come true. Uh, when you start riding as an apprentice jockey, I'm sure you have some goals, but uh, I mean, even by your standards, you must be amazed at how you've started. Yes, it was a great start. I had good trainers, an amazing agent, good jocks to help me, and I couldn't be more grateful. Okay, talk about yourself. Um, like, how long have you been riding? And you're also uh, basically working for Mark Cassie down in Florida, correct? Yes, um, I've been galloping probably three years now. I started with Mark in Ocala as soon as I graduated high school. Um, my first year, he took me to Saratoga with him. Um, after that, I went down to Palm Meadows for that winter, and then I came here to Woodbine this spring. Um, this winter, I mean, this summer, I went back to Saratoga with him, and I came back here this fall to Woodbine, and um, I got a hold of a good agent. He helped me get everything lined up for to become a jock, and here we are now. So let's talk about the agent. Did the agent find you? Did you find Jordan Miller? How did that all come to be, Sophia? Um, actually, my first day I was here in springtime. I didn't have my license to gallop yet, so I was standing on the rail. And he came up to me and asked if I was the new gallop girl from our casting. I said yes, and we stayed in contact. Um, when I was in Saratoga, I knew I had to get um, paperwork lined up, and he was willing to help me, and... He's helped me from the start. From the first day I met him, he helped me when I needed help finding um, a place to stay up here, everything. So uh, we just stayed in touch, and he asked if he could be my agent, and I said, of course. That was a silly question. <laughs> <laughs> so so what did you know about Woodbine before you uh, came up here, and, and why did you want to basically settle here? Um, I knew Mark was 
a leading trainer up here. I've been watching his horses run up here for years now. Um, I knew they give girls a chance up here, and they give apprentices a chance, too. So um, I thought that was this would be a good place to start, especially underneath Mark. And um, here they allow you to freeze your bug, too, so you can kind of essentially have your bug for two years instead of one or two full meats. Um, so I thought this would be the best, the best place to start for me. So you're from Ocala, Florida. You're in high school. Was there a point where you decided this is going to be my future being a jockey? When did this come to be, Sophia? Uh, my dad used to be a jockey and he's been riding horses for forever. He still does for Mark in Ocala. I used to shadow Mark at the farms and watch all the riders. And I knew that I always wanted to be a jockey. I used to Anytime I could get out of school, I would skip school with dad and go to the barn, watch him ride. Um, I remember the first time he ever let me open the stall door and get out of the shed row before he walked out. Um, I was never allowed in the shed roads for the first couple of years. I just had to watch underneath the rail. And I knew this was always what I wanted to do. Um, if I could help feed horses, I would feed horses. If I could um, set tack for people, I would help set tack. I would do anything to be in the barn. Okay. Hmm. So were you a, a fan of horse racing first before you wanted to make it part of your passion and, and your occupation? Yeah. Yeah, I always like watching the horses. Um, at home, we have a lot of pictures of my dad riding races, and I used to watch him, and I always said, I can do it. I know I can do it. And um, he's helped me. He's been my best friend through the whole thing. And um, Mark gave me the good start, too, so... I thought I was in good hands coming into the game. Well, I know the one win you had was swinging Mandy. You didn't win. You win by a wide margin. What's it feel like to have such a convincing victory over the horse like swinging Mandy? Oh, man, it was a dream come true. Um, when my agent told me that I got a call for a horse at Gary Barber's, oh, I was over <laughs> I was over the moon. I was so excited to be in the pink silks, and I was like, man, what if I win? And then... I, I studied the form. I studied it. I, and I looked over it and I watched all of her races and um, she just didn't have the best of trips the last couple of times and she wasn't really finishing. So we can't kind of went in with a new approach and just sent her to the lead and seeing what she, she would do. And she just carried on. <laughs> she loved it. And it, it was, I, I peeked over at the screen and I seen, I seen how far we were in front and I had goosebumps pulling up. I was like, no way. No way this just happened. It was a dream come true with that horse. See, I love the fact you admit, Sophia, that you did take a peek at the screen to see where the competition was behind you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a good part. Um, it's better to look, It's better than looking, turning around and looking all the way back when there's nobody near you. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your plans and for the future? Like Woodbine wraps up here in another few weeks. Are, are you going to go back to uh, to Mark's in Florida and, and work there? Are you going to ride maybe in Florida a bit? And then will you be back here in uh, back at Woodbine uh, come the uh, spring? Um, actually, if I win one more, I'm going to stop and freeze the bug until next meet when it opens back up here. Mm. But I will be in Ocala and I'll be at Mark's farm and I'll be working horses for him down there and we'll be back next year for sure. I guess for listeners who maybe don't understand, you've already won a number of races, Sophia. So what does it take to go from an apprentice to a, like a full-time jockey who's not an apprentice anymore? 
um, it, it's, it's exciting. Um, it's always what I wanted to do. So only getting the one or two mounts in the beginning, I was a little bummed at first, but I knew that I just had to prove myself and show everybody what I could do and what I was capable of doing and just doing what I knew and what I had learned. Um, but as soon as my agent told me that I had six calls for Friday, I messaged him. I was like, are you serious? Hmm. You joking? <laughs> it's, it's very exciting. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Was there a, as going back to you starting out as a fan and that, was there a, a jockey that maybe you kind of idolized except other than your father, obviously. And was there a horse that you kind of fell in love with? Um, a jockey, I would probably go with Johnny Velasquez or Junior Alvarado, mm-hmm. hands down. Um, my first year in Saratoga, they helped me a lot on the exercise and allowed me to go in the room every time, every chance that I could get. And um, those two guys right there, anytime they ride, I always watch. Always, I can't, I can't, I can't go a day without watching them ride or watch the replays. Just excited. It's a, it's a good feeling that I have when I watch those guys and see them with their successes. And um, for a horse, it's a filly named Super Sensational that I had in Saratoga my first year, and she was the first state horse that I had ever galloped in. Um, they just retired her, but she will forever be, or she'll forever have a special place in my heart. Um, she's the first state horse I ever rode. <laughs> she's, she's a special filly. Do you still have your prize-winning lambs back in Ocala? <laughs> um, I I don't, but I do a lot of volunteer work with, with the kids that do. Um, there's a couple of schools over there that have um, better for kids that have disabilities. And every year we always try to donate and um, help them out. And their fair is this this winter in February. So if I'm in Ocala, I'll for sure be there with those kids to help them. You know, Sophia, you alluded to it earlier about that. You, you like the fact that there's a good contingent of, of women jockeys at Woodbine. Is there like a sisterhood? Do you guys support each other? Do you find when you're riding up here? Um, I'm new to the room. So I do say to myself a little bit, but the girls have been very welcoming. If I ever have questions, I know I can ask them without hesitating. Um, the, the, the girls here, they're pretty, they're pretty tough. (laughs) It's a strong colony of girls up here. Yeah. We had Chantel Sutherland on the show last week and, uh, obviously she's riding at Gulfstream. Have, uh, you, uh, basically, uh, corresponded at all with her? I met her in Saratoga my first year, but I haven't really talked to her since then. Um, we never seem to be in the same place, you know, to meet each other and to to really get into a conversation. Fair enough. Sophia, thank you so much for joining us. All the best success the rest of the meet and next year. We look forward to seeing you in the Winter Circle many more times in the future. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're very welcome. And, Larry, just to clarify, so she, she's an apprentice jockey. Right. She's won a number of times. Mm-hmm. So how many wins, is it wins or times riding, then she stops being an apprentice? If she wins one more race, then she's going to shut it down because then she can carry her apprentice over to uh, 2023. And why would she want to do that? 
What's um, the, the advantage to that? That's what I'm not clear on. Well, because she'll go from a, basically, she's what they call a 10-pound apprentice. She gets a 10-pound weight advantage Got from it. all the other other uh, horses, or jockeys, I should say. Once she wins one more, then she becomes a 5-pound. Ah. But th- she can carry it over uh, for the year, and she can ride longer at next year, at, uh, if she chooses to come back here to Woodbine, which it sounds like she is. Uh, she can ride longer here as a 10-pound apprentice if she shuts it down this year. She so, can carry it over from one year to the other. So strategic, strategically for her and her agent and everyone involved, it's, it, it makes good sense to do that. Exactly, it does, yeah. Okay, yep. good. I just yep. wanted to clear that up. That makes it that's good. Yeah. After the break, Larry Simpson will look at some recent racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Wood by Mohawk Park, and, of course, some racing a number of other North American tracks. So make sure that your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. We will be right back. Stay tuned. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market, and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson. All right, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. And if Josh Allen's elbow isn't better, Larry Simpson, after you doing the picks, might be heading to Buffalo to play quarterback for the Bills. And I might be crying. <laughs> Getting a crying towel. <laughs> no kidding. Could be rough. Uh, Very. What are your picks this week? All right, let's start. Woodbine, they have a 10 race card today, including the running of the uh, grade three Maple Leaf Stakes and the grade two Bessabarabian Stakes. Uh, both races are for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up. Uh, Race six, though, is a maiden special weight for two-year-old fillies at six and a half furlongs on the tapita surface for a purse of $126,000. Uh, 
Ten fillies have been signed on, including number six, Victoria, Victoria's Tappet, a first-time starter and a daughter of a champion sire, Tappet, who is 14% with two-year-old debut winners and happens to be the sire of Breeders' Cup Classic winner flight line. Victoria's Tappet uh, hails from the barn of friend of the show, Josie Carroll, who is uh, 23% with first-time starters. And this filly is a daughter of a champion broodmare, Victorious Amy. Josie adds blinkers, adds Lasix, and uh, there are three equally spaced five furlong workouts showing for Victorious Tappet today since October 15th. Uh, the pedigree is obviously there, as are the works. I'm going to take a chance on number six, Victorious Tappet, in Woodbine six race today. Okay, then next. We haven't talked about Gulfstream for a while. No. But, uh, yeah, they're still uh, moving along, and uh, they offer a competitive 11 race card today. And uh, Sorry, race... 11 is a mile optional, $62,000 claimer on the dirt. Ten horses have been entered. Number eight, Clapton, showed no signs of slow hands. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, slow anything when he won a small stakes at uh, Gulfstream at uh, today's one-mile distance. Uh, Clapton also took a lifetime buyer speed rating in that last race. He comes into this race with a month layoff. So he shouldn't, what they call, bounce off of that race because he's had some time to uh, recuperate. Shows three good workouts since that last race, including a five furlong bullet work on November 6th. Uh, Clapton is four for 14 lifetime and one for one at the mile distance. Picks up friend of the show, Chantel Sutherland, to ride today. And Chantel and trainer Juan Alvarado have combined to win 20% of their races together since uh, in 2021 and 2022. I think I said race 11, sorry, it's race 10. Number eight, Clapton. Got it. Next. Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 10-race card tonight. Race two is a one-mile pace for a purse of $13,000. Now, here's another tongue twister. Number seven, I'll Get My Own Thanks. I'll Get My Own Thanks was laid off a month from September 30th to October 29th. And when he returned on the 29th, uh, all things considered, he raced pretty good because he uh, did close six and a half lengths in the stretch and was race-timed in 151-2 and two last quarter in 26-2. and two. Last week, and back on a weekly rotation, I'll get my own thanks. Once again, raced from off the pace, a style he seems to be accustomed to, but this time he closed enough to finish fifth, only beaten one and three-quarter lengths. Tonight will be his third off the layoff. There's a slight class drop, which should help. And a driver change, I think, that's going to help because friend of the show, James McDonald's going into the bike. So uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park, race two, number seven, I'll get my own thanks. Finally, while they're back at Del Mar in California, race seven is the Catherine Crosby Stakes. Here we go with the uh, celebrity names again. Yes, eh? I remember her. At uh, one mile on the turf. uh, Number seven, Warren's Candy Girl, has been a picture of consistency this year with two wins and two close fourth place finishes. Last time in the swing time stakes at Santa Anita, Warren's Candy Girl was off slowly and at one time was 13 lengths out of it, but closed well to finish fourth, beating two and three-quarter lengths. Uh, Warren's Candy Girl loves the Del Mar turf course with four wins and ten starts. In fact, all of her lifetime wins have been taken at Del Mar. So uh, last race, as mentioned, Warren Candy's Girl was a victim of a bad break from the gate and the Santa Anita turf course that day was not kind to closers. But Del Mar race seven, Number seven, Warren's Candy Girl. Perfect. A special load to our friend Mark at the Fans of Horse Racing. We always enjoy your shout-outs and your publicity you give us and any sort of love, and we love you right back, my friend. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us. 
For this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, a reminder if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and I have the new one right here. It is beautiful with some nice shots from the Stella Artois Terrace at Woodbine. Check it out. Email Larry Simpson at theponies247 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign. Don't horse around with lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and donate to the cause. Stick around 105.9 The Region all weekend long. The Legend and Roamers now up next with the feed, York Region's only magazine show. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy the races. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.